0: Welcome to the Smoke and PTSD Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Diver. I am a survivor of suicide, a survivor of childhood emotional and physical abuse, as well as a veteran of the U.S. Navy and a retired first responder. I started this podcast to help me on my journey to wellness by sharing my story, my thoughts, and my experiences in a hope that my story will reach and help others and let them know that it's okay to not be okay. With that being said, I'm not a licensed mental or behavioral health professional. I'm just a guy who's been through some stuff and has experienced a trauma survival. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, medical treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding any mental health symptoms and never disregard professional help or delay in seeking professional advice or treatment because of something you have heard on this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode as your comments can only serve to improve the content hey everyone welcome back to the podcast so i had done a previous episode about memory and flashbacks and i started doing a little bit more research about memory and i found that there's such a thing called memory distortion and i found it to be pretty interesting so i'm going to talk about ptsd and memory and memory distortion today so memory is defined as the faculty of the mind by which data or information is encoded, stored, and retrieved when needed. And this decoding process and the processing of information takes place in our hippocampus and in the amygdala, as we've talked about before. And I'm going to read a little couple sections from my, the book that I have about the limbic system. And it says there's considerable evidence that strongly suggests that the hippocampus plays an interdependent role with the amygdala in regard to memory, particularly in that they are richly interconnected, merge at the uncus, and exert mutual excitatory influences on one another. So this is telling us that the amygdala and the hippocampus are intertwined and This can kind of be a double-edged sword with us and our memory and PTSD and depression. And the reason is fairly straightforward. And as I found in an article in Healthline.com by Alicia Lockett, she writes that research done in 2022 has shown that PTSD can affect memory in two primary ways. First, it can affect a person's memory of traumatic events, such as causing vivid flashbacks or making it difficult to recall the memory itself. And second, it can affect a person's general memory, causing things such as increased forgetfulness, decreased working memory, and an overall difficulty with short-term and long-term memory. And one of the reasons that PTSD may have this effect on memory is that trauma can actually produce changes in certain areas of the brain related to the stress response and memory, including the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the prefrontal cortex. Now, I know I've spoken before about those three, but I just need to repeat that they play a major role in our response to stress, and this is our fight-or-flight center and have major bearing on our memory. So when we have our flashbacks or we just have negative intrusive thoughts, this is the area of the brain that, that is being effective. And the reason that this is important will come out on a little bit later. But I did find an, an interesting card on the National Institute for the Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine website. And it talks about how trauma affects the four different types of memory. And there are, there's explicit memory and implicit memory. And each has two subtexts to it, where in explicit memory, we have semantic memory and episodic memory, and implicit memory is emotional memory and procedural memory. And what this card does is it it kind of breaks it down to what it is, what an example of that, mem- of that memory is, and how trauma can affect it. So I'm just going to read from it for a few seconds here. Under the explicit memory, we have semantic memory. And what is it? Semantic memory is the memory of general knowledge and facts. An example, you remember what a bicycle is. How trauma can affect it. Trauma can prevent information like words, images, sounds, etc. from different parts of the brain from combining to make a semantic memory. And we're going to get a little bit more into this in a little bit. Under explicit memory is also episodic memory. What it is. The autobiographical memory of an event or experience, including the who, what, and where. An example, you remember who was there or what street you were on when you fell off your bicycle in front of a crowd. How trauma can affect it. Trauma can shut down episodic memory and fragment the sequence of events. It also The card also goes into uh, what area of the brain is related to it, and it's the amygdala, the, the temporal lobe, um, the prefrontal cortex, and the hippocampus all play a role in this. In implicit memory, we have emotional memory. What it is, the memory of the emotion, emotions you felt during an experience. An example, when a wave of shame or anxiety grabs you the next time you see your bicycle after a big fall, that's what post-traumatic stress disorder is. And how trauma can affect it. After trauma, a person may get triggered and experience painful emotions, often without context, whereas you don't even need to be on your bike to remember that you fell off of it and the shame and the anxiety you felt because it happened in front of a crowd of people. And lastly, we have procedural memory. And that is memory of how to perform a common task without actively thinking about it. For an example, you can ride a bicycle automatically without having to stop and recall how it's done. How trauma can affect it. Trauma can change patterns of procedural memory. For example, a person might tense up and unconsciously alter their posture while riding the bike, which could lead to pain and even numbness. This is because they're anticipating the trauma that they once experienced to happen again. So I just found that to be... uh, to be a pretty interesting card that i just stumbled across there so memory is what enables us to learn a language remember dates and events and even when we have to be at work our memory plays such a significant role in our everyday lives we notice when we become forgetful even when we forget why we walked into a certain room other than the bathroom that's the only i always remember why i walked into that room <laughs> The amygdala, as we've spoken before, plays a large role in recognition memories, which are triggered by emotional and contextual cues, such as we see in flashbacks. And in this limbic book, again, there's a section that was authored by Dr. Glore in 1992, and it says, a perceptual experience similar to a previous one can, through activation of the isocortical population involved in the original experience, recreate the entire matrix which corresponds to it and call forth the memory of the original event and appropriate effective response through the activation of amygdaloid neurons. Essentially, what he's saying is this is where our flashbacks come from. Because we have the memory stored there, this is, why, this is where it's coming from when we have our flashbacks and this is how they occur. When the amygdala, hippocampus, and prefrontal cortex are damaged because of their interconnectivity, several of the neurotransmitter pathways are conversely affected. These damaged pathways lead to several different types of issues for the individual, including memory loss. PTSD has proven to cause damage to these areas of the brain, and while that's still being studied to ascertain just how they are damaged and if that damage is reversible, That damage is not like one suffers in a stroke or or a traumatic brain injury. This damage results in an actual shrinkage of the hippocampus, which then impedes the flow of information along the neural pathways. So this is, again, where our memory loss and our forgetfulness comes from, in that you don't actually have a physical damage to that part of the brain. But somehow, and the, the research is still not exactly sure how, the, that area of the brain shrinks, and that shrinkage is what the damage is, and that's what causes the forgetfulness and the memory loss. And according to Dr. Darren Strange and Dr. Nathan Lentz in a Psychology Today article from 2016, they write, Our memories are not perfect reconstructions of the past. Instead, remembering a past event is a combination of processes piecing together many separate details and making inferences to fill in the gaps and create a coherent whole. According to the source monitoring framework, people do not store the details of experience in their memory accompanied by labels specifying their origins. Instead, we rely on heuristics such as how familiar the event details feel, in determining whether a remembered detail actually occurred or was merely suggested or imagined. Critically, post-event processing such as actively imagining new details or experiencing unwanted intrusive thoughts can increase the familiarity with details with the new details enough that people may mistakenly claim those new details as genuine memory traces. This is what memory distortion is. So you don't have to remember everything that goes on verbatim in order for it to be a traumatic memory or a flashback. It doesn't need to be remembered exactly how it happened uh, to for it to be caused by PTSD, which I find strange because in my traumatic memories, I do remember them vividly. At least I think that I do. Um, this information that I found today during this research kind of empirically shows that my memories aren't full and not exact. Um, I have tried talking to my mom about the day that my dad died and see what she remembers, but she refuses to talk about it. And now she just kind of, I mean, that's that's going back decades that I've tried to talk to her about it. And now it just seems that it was so long ago. She just, you know, and I know a lot of those memories have faded for her because she doesn't remember them like I do. At least she she tells me she doesn't. Um. And my sister refuses to talk to me about it, which I've, I've even tried to get her onto the podcast to talk about it. And she won't, that's not something she wants to engage in. Uh, my sister is more of a windshield than a rearview mirror type of lady. She wants to look forward and just move forward with positive, progressive things in her life and not look back at the negative experiences. So the good news with all of this is that it's not just you. And while memory loss is common for those of us with PTSD, there are ways to reduce the impact on our lives. Therapy, EMDR, TMS, and cognitive behavioral therapy have all shown to improve the function of the brain and decrease flashbacks and memory loss. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. Please rate, subscribe, and review as your comments can only serve to improve this podcast. If you or someone you know are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. Veterans can also call 988 and press 1 or text 838255. You can reach me on Twitter at PTSD on Instagram at Smokin underscore PTSD, or email me at the PTSD podcast at gmail.com. And please remember, everyone you meet is struggling with something you know nothing about, so please, let's be kind to one another.